What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? My future isn't determined by where I currently reside. Understanding your worth will put pride in your stride. I'm accountable to my call. There's no compromise. I set my own bar, and you better know it's set high. It's giving what it's supposed to gain. Ooh, stop playing with them. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of It's a Perspective. Today, we have a special guest. He is known as the nation's leading STEM motivational speaker and school success strategist. With over 25 plus years of being a student, yes, you heard that right, he has been the first hand insight into what it takes to not only inspire students and educators, but also fuel them with the momentum necessary for success. Over the years, he has earned three advanced college degrees, a BS degree in chemistry from North, Norfolk State University, an MS degree in polymer science and engineering from Lehigh University, an MS degree in textile and fiber engineering from Georgia Institute of Technology. As if three degrees wasn't enough for Mr. Simmons. Also, he invented contact lens products for the CIBA vision and has worked as a scientist at NASA Research Center. As a scientist myself, I just wanna add, this is a man after my own heart. Please welcome Mr. Cantus Simmons. Yes. What's yes, up, sir, how are you today? I am absolutely amazing. It's good to uh, speak to another scientist, another STEM nerd. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, listen, on this podcast, I don't like to waste time. So we're going to get right into it. This is the fans' favorite part of the show. It's called That's My Jam. Now, this is a segment of the show where you can play a mantra or a song you can't resist jamming, dancing, or singing to. What you got for us, Mr. Simmons? Ooh, okay. So, uh, all right. So I'm on both sides of of the spectrum all right uh-huh. i'm hood and i'm holy <laughs> okay <laughs> we love it. We love it. i'm hood and i'm holy so uh i grew up uh here in the atlanta area with the school at, at southwest decab in decatur georgia and mm-hmm. i was a um a drum major so i was a marching band guy so i think my song like whenever i hear it is uh it's a song by the ying gang twins yeah it's called halftime uh oh. Come to get you. Yeah. Let you come to get you. Right. And the whole the whole thing is like, we are coming to get you crunk. And mm-hmm. I think that's my mantra because I look at it like every time I wake up, God has given me another opportunity to get crunk and to do something amazing. So that's my hood side. Then on the other side, um, uh-huh. It's a gospel song, and so I'm also a choir director, right? And okay. um, so this song, um, years ago, it's called I'm Available. I'm Available to You by Milton Bronson. And it, it basically is like, Lord, I'm available to you. Like my hands, my ears, my heart, my yes. eyes. Like it's all for you. And uh, I think at the end of the day, the Yin Yang twins getting crunk. <laughs> Milton Bronson on the gospel side is like, Lord, I'm available to you. And we right. just mesh those together. And I'm just hood and holy, I guess. 
<laughs> we, love, we love to hear it. We love to hear it. All right, you guys, let's get into his jams. Oh. Hey, I'm trying to get crumb. Let's get into it. So, who is Cantus Simmons? Wow. Um, well, let's start here. So, I am. I was raised in a middle class broke family, right? Mm. You know, my middle class broke. Got a nice mom, a nice dad, but you always broke. And um, in my middle class broke family, like my mom and dad, like they really impressed. Um, upon me to go to school like go to school stay out of trouble get good grades you know right. they had this thought process of if you're not doing something positive then something's negative going to find you and because of that <laughs> okay like they always kept me involved in something and so school was my thing uh like you mentioned before i spent 25 years in school right and basically what that looked like was uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, college. It all sort of flowing together. And out of that, uh, I just realized that there were so many opportunities that school produced for me. And I think the bigger thing right. that it produced for me was understanding that there were so many opportunities out here in the world. And mm -hmm. I chose to uh, go down the, the science uh, down the science field. And uh, I'm here today, just a, a, I would say a regular young man who's had some amazing people, amazing leaders, amazing teachers, uh, amazing mentors and parents that have sort of helped me end up um, where I am today and just, you know, traveling the country, speaking on STEM and having a lot of fun doing it. I love that so much. Okay, so before we get into what you do, mm -hmm. I want to talk about the beginning of where your career started. So you said you were in school for 25 plus years. How has the culmination of those experiences prepared you over the years? It's just that, you know, I feel like uh, life, when we go through life, uh, we learn things based off mentors or mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt like, Elementary school, you experience multiple mentors. They're called our teachers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're playing youth sports. Those are our mentors. They're called coaches. And then right. going through all of those years with the studies, with the school, with the science, with the English, with the social studies, with the calculus, and doing that year after year after year, I realized that life is all about learning. Uh, some years ago, I remember one of my mentors told me, he said, Cantus, if you want to earn more, then learn more, become a perpetual student. And even though I was in school for all of those years, I never, ever stopped um, this mindset of learning more. And so 25 years of school of learning, you know, formally, and even today as an entrepreneur, I'm still learning. I'm still looking at ways to improve who I am and what I'm all about. That is amazing. 
Wow. <laughs> that is that is that's truly amazing. So I believe that representation is everything. And before we um, before going to college, the movie Hidden Figures was released and I didn't realize the full circle moment until it happened. So fast forward, um, I become a college student and I was able to intern for um, NASA. Uh, and be a, a lead intern for a project where I got to send biological samples up into suborbital space. Um, and I believe that was one of the greatest experiences for me, not only for the opportunities, but, but I was able to learn so much, you know what I mean? Um, so with all of that being said, what does representation in science mean to you? I think representation in science, um, what it means to me is that when you have individuals who are just unique, I feel like mm -hmm. we all are dope in our own way, right? And right. Uh, I think the cool thing about just being in science is that you meet people from all over the world, right? Mm -hmm. A black man, a black woman, yeah. a white man, a white woman, an Asian man, an Asian woman, different people yes. who have different backgrounds. And the cool thing about science is it's all about solving problems. It's all about... Mm -hmm coming together and in spite of some of the things that we may see in our world we really live in an international world and the cool thing about um uh, representation is that when i don't have the answers from my perspective i can always lean on somebody else and their perspective Right. And sometimes the way that we were raised, the way that we were brought us brought up, it shapes our perspective. And if we don't see anything else, we actually have a a uh, a narrow view of approaching things. And I think the cool thing about science is that I'm represented one way. There are other men, there are other cultures represented in other ways, and I'm able to pull from their perspective. They're able to pull my pers from my perspective, and as I'm doing that my span, my capacity is now growing because not only am I the only one looking at it from my, my point of view, but I'm also learning and inheriting other people's perspective. And so now our representation is actually increasing. Man, yes, pulling from each other's perspective. Yep. I believe that's what the world needs. That's the reason why I started It's a Perspective because we all need each other's perspective. It's not mm -hmm. always about us. It's what we can help and, and benefit others as well. Right. So how was working at NASA as a research scientist? Mm -hmm. what, 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 decided, what made you decide to work at NASA or what opportunities allowed you to you know, be at that place? Mm -hmm. Yep. So here's the cool thing, right? Um, I mentioned earlier that my mom and my dad always kept me busy and right. uh, they kept me busy doing something where it was a summer program, uh, whether it was a weekend retreat. And the uh -huh. cool thing about it is that as I was going through high school, like I've never worked a like a, I never worked at like McDonald's or a part time job. My yeah. part time job was going to the summer program. Right. <laughs> or this part time job was going to Clark Atlanta University. And right. so what happened was that every summer I was doing something in the science field, just like yourself, around about my, either I think it was my junior, might've been my sophomore year. It was my junior year at Norfolk State University. And mm -hmm. I applied for a summer research program, very similar to an internship. And I was able to, to, to go there 
and just sit in at NASA. And it might have been like a 12-week program for the summer. It might have been eight weeks. And I was able to work as an intern there at NASA. Yeah. And then my senior year, same opportunity came up. Another intern. Mm-hmm. And then when it was time for me to go to grad school, I had just graduated, NASA had a, a, a graduate fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. So they were now responsible for paying part of my graduate degree. And so I would go to school at Lehigh University, but then again, I'm in partnership with NASA, so I'll always come back. Now, here's the cool thing. Every so single cool. year, I have relationships with the scientists, the directors of those departments. So when it's time to hire somebody, hello, right? Hey. Like, who you going to hire, right? <laughs> who you going to hire? Like, you're going to hire the guy that you know. Right. And I think that's the beautiful thing about opportunities that um, the science industry presents, right? It's like, hey, before... Uh, you sign the paperwork. Let's make sure you really want to do this for a living. Right. And the cool thing about NASA, you understand where research is concerned. Every day is a different day, right? right. Uh, when I first when I first came in, uh, so I've always been a materials guy, right? Mm-hmm. I work in the area of materials. On so actually for me, uh, it really started in the fifth grade, right? So a little okay. short story here. Started fifth <laughs> no. grade with this company called Kia. K-I-A. Now, they weren't called Kia back in the day. They were K-I-A, right? And so (laughs) K-I-A was in the business of how can we we make automobiles um, more efficient? How can we reduce the cost of the materials? Like back in the 60s and the 70s, early 80s, you know, cars sounded like Tonka trucks when you hit them on the side, right? All that (laughs) aluminum and everything. And so Kia was KIA. They were in the business of trying to change the parts, add more aerodynamics, reduce the materials and move into this place called polymers. Right. And so polymers was a word that stuck out for me in the fifth grade. And I said, wow. And so I kept watching the polymer industry. Uh And then when I ended up working at NASA, I ended up working in the polymer science division. And what that meant was now we're using polymers and composite materials to make the wings on the F-2020, the F-22 fighter plane. Or we're using polymers and materials to work on materials in the shuttle or polymers and materials to work on different uh, elements all across NASA. And uh, so it was real cool. I remember like my first day of work, I had like so many NASA stories, right? (laughs) <laughs> I remember my first day of work, um, came on base. It was this huge base. Mm-hmm. Came through, you know, you come through the gates and they check your ID, you know, hey, I'm in here, you know, boom, 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 Cantor Simmons. And yeah. I go to my, um, to the polymer division. Now, here's the cool thing. Like, I've been there before because I was going there, you know, the summer program and the graduate program. But mm-hmm. my first official day of work, we went out on, uh, we call it the field. Mm-hmm. And they took these two dummies. No, it was, it was actually four dummies. Put them in a helicopter. They raised this helicopter way up in the sky. Right? Oh, it's wow. like everybody has their device. And, you know, we're actually about to you know do this test to see, you know, 
safety protocols, see if the materials are working. And so all the dummies had sensors on them and everything. I don't even know if these were iPads or tablets back in the day. But I remember <laughs> <laughs> they pulled a helicopter way up in the sky. And there was, there was this countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Right, so this helicopter hits the ground with these four dummies just jumping around in the helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. And then my boss looked at me. He looked at his device. Other people were looking at their devices and everything. And he said to me, ish happened. I'm like, what? He didn't say the word ish. He said the other word, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it happened. I'm like, huh? And I learned something that day because a lot of times in life, things don't go the way that we plan, right? It's happened. And one of the cool things about NASA and uh, even after leaving NASA, started working in in science as a research scientist developing contact lenses, Mm -hmm. I realized that life is all about the pivots Mm -hmm. and the perspectives in which you take. You know, when things don't go the way that you originally planned, you can, okay, you got to make a pivot, right? Mm-hmm. We we all saw that the last few years here in our world, we had to make a pivot. And mm-hmm. when making a pivot, it's very important that you now have to get new information, mm-hmm. to have a new strategy, to have right. a new outlook to now solve a new problem. And I think that's one of the greatest things that I got from working there at NASA, got from working as a research scientist at Cibra Vision, where I developed contact lists is that people pay you when you can solve problems. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that is so major, not only for myself, but that's one thing that I impress upon other individuals who are interested in going into science, technology, engineering, and math. Wow. People pay you when you can solve problems. Let's just think about it. Let's think about it. (laughs) That's amazing. Like you only want... Okay, look at your friend circle, right? Like, we all got friends, right? Right. You you want friends that's going to make your life better, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Absolutely. Right? You want friends, like I have this statement that I say all my friends are rich, right? Mm -hmm. And I got Mm -hmm. millionaire friends. I'm in my millionaire friends going to billionaires. And it's like, that's my declaration of faith, of hope. Hey, all my friends are rich. Hey, my family is blessed. My family is healed. And I say that because you don't want somebody in your life that's going to have you stressed out, have you pissed off, ticked off, tripping all the time, right? (laughs) Right. Like that brings stress. And the same thing happens for corporate America. Same thing happens for business. We want people on our team. We want people in our organization that's going to drive sales. That's going to increase productivity. That's going to make the world a better place. And anytime, uh, you know, you're associated with somebody and they're pulling you down, if they're stressing you out, if they're slowing down production, hey, that's the the quickest way to get let go. (laughs) Right? Right. That's the quickest way to get cut off. And so I'm always saying to people, hey, if you can solve problems, you will always have a paycheck. Man. So speaking of having, you know, people that can solve problems, let's get into the cool nerds. Mm -hmm. So you call yourself the cool nerd. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, how has being being the cool nerd helped you transcend to the this point in your career? Mm-hmm. Here's what's so funny, um, Rashari. I didn't realize I was a nerd until <laughs> I got to grad school. <laughs> Listen, I didn't realize I was that guy until I got to grad school. Like, here's so no, funny, that, right? That's so understandable. <laughs> so when I was at Lehigh University, uh, they had a you know a huge number of international students. Mm-hmm. And when I was at Lehigh University, hey, just keep it real, I was like the only black male. Okay. And so uh, we were studying something, and I was having some challenges, you know, in this subject. So I said, you know what? I'm going to throw a little house dinner. I'm going to cook a little collard greens, uh, fried chicken, and I'm going to invite these international students over to my crib where we can do a nice little study session. So I'm thinking like, yo, everything is perfect. I got everything lined up. So they come over to the house, right? Okay. They looking at me. I'm looking at them. They looking at me. I'm looking at them. Like, I'm trying to get the knowledge from them. Like, hey, you know, I'm serving food so you guys can give me the, you know, the ABCs on what's really going on in this class. Right, right, right. But here was their thing. They was like, well, we came over because you the only black male in the department. You must be smart, <laughs> right? Wow. You must wow. be smart. Wow. I, I never ever saw it that way, and that's when I did. That's when I realized, like, well, well, maybe I am the nerd, right? But I say cool nerd because in, in high school I was a popular guy. I was a drum major. I would bring one of the, the best bands in the world out on the field doing halftime. <laughs> Uh, so I was like that guy. But yeah. then I, I played baseball. I was a pretty good baseball player. When I went to college, I was popular. I was over to uh, direct the choir and everything. And so I don't just say nerd. I just say cool nerd. And here's the, here's the bigger thing about it. So many times we've we've heard or so many times we have been taught or assumed that science is hard. Right. Math is hard, right? And when we come up through school, based on how well you're doing science and math, will sort of determine what track you go down in your in your curriculum. And mm-hmm. so what I said to myself was that listen, I want to tear down this notion that science is is hard. I want to tear down that it's stressful. I want to tear down the fact where people say only men can do science and engineering, right? right. Women supposed to be nurses or women yeah. supposed to do this. And I said, you know what? Because I was the only one in those classrooms, because I was the only one working on those projects, I said, you know what? The only reason I don't see other little black boys and young black men is because in our mind, we've been taught that this has been so hard. And mm. so I've made it my mission to say, how can I make STEM cool? How can mm. I make science cool? How can I make learning math cool? And that has been my mission. That has been uh, the things that I live by. Like you probably, you've probably seen in school, right? Where they have the, uh, 
the uh the 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 your professor or the scientist right he got like all of the the hundred thousand pins in his pocket <laughs> looking like a nerd right his hair just going everywhere yeah. be it all shabby and everything and i said to myself listen i don't want to be that guy so i just wanted right. to change the narrative change the vocabulary change the look to say hey young man young woman regardless of where you're from regardless of what you've seen you can be a dope scientist it's actually pretty easy if you can understand how to think if you can understand how to solve problems if you can understand how to go about formulating uh, hypothesis on what should be done and so right. that's why i consider myself a cool nerd uh, i believe stem is everywhere I believe that we, even if you're not in the STEM field, you're actually in the STEM field, believe it or not. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I love that so much. The story, that story really touched me because I'm like, most people don't think like that. We think the worst about every every part of our, ourselves. We're, we're like, okay, so if I'm the only one in here, then everybody else must be smarter than me. You know what right. I mean? And so to know that they thought that because you were the only person representing a, a black male or, mm -hmm. or a black woman um, as well, um, that you were the smart one right. uh, and the cool nerd mm -hmm. in that scenario. So, so um, talking about being smart, you are obviously a smart man with mm -hmm. three advanced college degrees. How did you find your way into the STEM field besides going to the camps and things like that? How did, how did that, you know, click for you because yeah. I know that we can go to these different places and be um, it pique our interest. But how did it click for you? Yeah, Deshaun, I think the, the way it clicked for me. So, like when we say this word "smart," right? Like mm -hmm. that's relative, right? Right. Okay. I think one of the things that I've learned, if you can read. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right let's let's really think about the world that we live in mm -hmm. everything that we know it came from somebody okay right and so if you see behind my you know behind my set here i have a lot of books right mm -hmm. i have a lot of books and i realized all right my professors they're not really that smart they got it from a book okay that's true <laughs> and so what i did was okay if this man is talking about this, where did he get it from? Oh, he got it from this book. So reading books for me was almost like watching the movie, mm. right? You ever, you ever watched a movie and because you've seen it so many times, it's like, oh, I know what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. The same thing is true where our studies are concerned. So my mindset was, all right, let me go read the book. And then when we show up in the classroom and my professor, him or her, they start talking about the subject. I've already got a glimpse of what they're going to talk about because I'm reading the same book that they are reading. And so when they present it to me, now it's increasing my learning. And I think that was a part of uh, helping me become smart. Then the second thing that I realized was the opportunities that I had outside the classroom. Mm. Um, you know, when we go to school, we only see things based on what we can see with those four walls in the classroom. Right. When we have the opportunities to go outside, 
you know, uh, when when things open up, people say, "We outside, we outside," <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> right. People love it. Right. Yes. But it's like when you can step outside the classroom and go sit down with a doctor, mm-hmm. or go step outside the classroom to actually go to a farm and see on the farm how they're growing vegetables, or when right. you're able to go into the doctor's office and they pull out that needle well it's not a needle it's like a little drill right but when they pull that <laughs> when they pull that little needle out of there doing surgery uh-huh. it allows you to see what's going on and now by seeing it you say to yourself wait a minute first of all do i want to do this mm-hmm. second of all why you got that drill why are you about to drill into this person's side of their head slow down what's about to happen why is the blood coming out uh-huh. All of those things now becomes a part of education, becomes a part of learning. So on one hand, we have books. On the other hand, we have experiences. We have people. And I think life is all about learning. Like another thing that I do now, like even when I watch TV, when I watch movies now, when I watch even reality shows, mm-hmm. I look at all the stuff that they're not saying. Right. I look at it from, here's that word again, perspective, right? I look (laughs) at it from different perspectives and say, hmm, why did the producer and director, why did they really throw this scene in here? Mm -hmm. You know, why are they wearing those colors? Hmm, the light's down. It's a foggy day. It looks scary. Like all of that is setting the tone. Yeah. But what's about to happen? Because the boogeyman about to jump out, you know, jump out the closet, right? <laughs> so all of those, I'm just weird like that, and I no, do that in everything it. that I do in life. Because now, again, we go back to if you can solve problems, people will pay you a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people give up too quick because they feel like things are hard. They give up too quick because they feel like uh, things can't be done. And I feel like this. If Cantus Simmons is on the project, yeah, we're going to figure it out. Yes. We're going to win no matter what it takes, no matter how long we got to stay up. This problem can't be too bad. I'm a Christian. I love God. I'm like, listen, God is the ultimate scientist. Right. And because he is, he's an amazing creator. And I believe he put a little bit of that creation on the inside of me. And so now I'm able to solve these problems. Man, come on now. <laughs> you better speak. Um, you guys, I, I hope that you are intentionally listening because it, it takes the, the the knowledge to want to learn and want to go investigate why you want to be in this field from learning from your professor or from a mentor to going to put it in action and actually looking at how that thing is done. A lot of us, you know, get misconstrued with learning and actually seeing it they want to see it before they actually learn it so um we have to be intentional with those steps and in being intentional you get to get that paycheck like he said (laughs) solving those problems so let's get into it you what made you transition from a full-on scientist Mm -hmm to a national motivational speaker and school success strategist. So you all in my business. So I see you've done your research. I see you've done my research. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to give you the, the, the raw, uncut version. Mm-hmm. 
as I was going through my career as a scientist, now we go back to you being the only one, right? I'm the only one, right? People often wanted to hear my stories like, yo, how did you end up working at NASA? How did you end up getting these good grades? How did you go to school for free? How did you get all these scholarships? Tell me about that, right? And so people were always asking me questions and I would go speak at schools. Uh, they would have me speak at career day. I would do school assemblies. Now, remind you now, like, I'm the guy that loved being in front of people, right? Like, I was the drum major. I was the choir director. So I already had this personality of being in front of people. And because I had this mindset of, all right, I'm going to take the time to make sure that people behind me, that they get the clues that I can give them some of the the um, the crumbs that fall down yes. about success and be able to share those things. And so yes. what happened was that I was speaking and I was going from school to school and college to college and showing up different places. And um, I started realizing, I'm like, wait a minute, this is this is pretty cool, right? Like, <laughs> I'm no longer stuck within four walls of this laboratory. Right. Right. I remember working right. at NASA. I was in a laboratory in a room that was like down in this basement. And mm. there were there were not any windows. <laughs> right. Right. And so the idea has been, all right, hmm. I've helped them make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I've helped them uh do some amazing things. And it's like, wow, can I make more of a more of an impact? And so uh, in 2008, in 2008, I was working at SEBA Vision, and the previous year I had just worked on um, two projects, created two new contact lens products, making probably millions and billions of dollars. And um, to my surprise, this was like a year later. Now, before I tell you what happened, there's something <laughs> with me that happened internally. Okay. Number one, I was finding a lot of joy speaking at schools and speaking at colleges. Number okay. two, I noticed that on my direct team that uh, they started hiring other people to work with me. Mm. Then number three, I had this desire to say, you know what? I want more from my life. Mm. So guess what I started to do? I took on this principle. If you want to have your own, take care of another man's. Mm. If you want to have your own business, take care of another man's business the right way. And so, you know, in science, we got lab notebooks, we got journals, we got a lot of this stuff, right? And so I said, okay, I don't want to leave this company um, in a worse shape. So I started duplicating myself into my new co-workers. I said, start teaching them about fatigue crack propagation. I started teaching them the formulations on the different um, polymers that we were making. I was showing them all the things that to, to prepare our specimens for manufacturing. Like I was teaching everything. Not only that, I got my notebooks in line. I got my laboratory in line. I got everything organized. But also at the same time, on my off days, on the weekends, I was speaking, I was traveling, I was growing, I was impacting. Until one day there in August 8th of 2008, 
uh, I went to work. And that in that year, I had ran out of vacation days. Wow. And that same year, I had two weeks of upcoming speaking engagements. Woo. And <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to do those engagements and still work this job. Right. And to my surprise, I walked in a meeting one day and they let me go. Mm. Now, wow. now, here's the crazy thing about it. When they let me go, I bust out laughing. Like, <laughs> and the reason I bust out laughing because I remember my prayers. Mm-hmm. I bust out laughing because it was like, I was trying to figure out what I was going to say to get off of work to go yeah. do all of these new requests that came in. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, I felt like everything, heaven and earth lined up to say, all right, you're ready. But not only that, sorry, my office was organized. My yeah. laboratory books was organized. Everybody was trained and it was time for me to depart. I departed. And at one time, I thought that was the worst day of my life. But actually, it was the best day of my life. And guess what? I think a few years later, maybe even 18 months later, the company was sold to another company. And all of my colleagues that were there, a lot of them got laid off. A lot of them got... uh, I saw some PhDs, doctors and stuff, scientists, working tables, working restaurants. And I almost felt like that story in the Bible with Noah, where God took Noah and put him on the boat. And that's how I felt. Like the rain is coming. The rain is coming. And when I was propelled out in 2008, it was 08, 08, 08, right? I I don't know, a new creation or whatever. But it was an awesome, awesome time. And... uh, so now I've been doing that uh, full time and I uh, just absolutely love it. Absolutely love being able to pour back into the students and to teachers and working with corporations and helping them really grow uh, their STEM departments and just showing people that hey, STEM is everywhere and uh, <laughs> science is really cool. Yes, that is so amazing that you were preparing even when you didn't know. Right. Even when you didn't know it, how you were going to figure it out, you mm-hmm, were preparing mm-hmm. and you were working and God said, okay, you worked, you fought, and now I'm going to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. And that's to be let go. Now here's, wow. here's, here's the funny thing though, right? Corporate America? Uh-huh. Like, it could be when you get a check on the 1st and the 15th, like, right. You can get like, you can get stuck in that lifestyle yeah. versus believing in yourself. Like you started this podcast, you had to go believe in yourself to start this podcast. You could be doing other different yeah. things, right? I'm not right. sure which episode this is, but it's like, you had to step out and do this. You had to step out and create this. And I think yeah. so many people, we get complacent. Mm-hmm. We get comfortable when that check is coming in on the 1st and the 15th. Like, hey, all my bills are paid. I guess we good. But I believe there's something greater, right? Everything is going up. Gas going up, (laughs) milk going up, 
uh, <laughs> weave going up, like weave the hair going up, lashes going up. So if right. everything else is going up, why can't you go up? Right? Come on. You gotta <laughs> speak to these people. Come on. If lashes going up, why you can't go up? If if milk is going up, why you can't go? If gas is going up, why can't you go up in the things that you're doing in life? Nothing stays the same. So why are people who are part of the greatest species in the world staying the same? Mm. Let that sink in. <laughs> Let that sink in. You're letting everything around you go up beside yourself. Come on, y'all. Please don't give up on yourself. Go up <laughs> in this season of your life. Go up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. What led you to motivate not only teachers, but students as well? Mm -hmm. Because I know that we can pay attention to teachers and, and allow them to grow and build, but sometimes they leave the students out. How mm -hmm. did you get into doing that? Well, here's the thing, right? So the reality is this, like, what's that called when you're a senior or senioritis, right? Yeah. You know, when a senioritis <laughs> kick in, like, bro, I don't feel like doing nothing. <laughs> right. But let's really think about it. We got people, you know, right now on TikTok. They can do them TikTok dances, do all the TikTok dances, right? <laughs> my people, yes. like my people don't have a we don't have a problem learning. At all. At all. The issue is, can you keep their focus long enough mm -hmm. so they can learn it and master it? And so mm -hmm. me motivating students is where I go in and I show them, okay, listen, you gotta get this done for the next 12 years. The state mm -hmm. says you gotta go to school. So if you have to go to school these 12 years, all right, your motivation is directly connected to your motive. Your motive is mm -hmm. directly connected to your motor, motor, right? So if your mm -hmm. motor is not running, of course, you're not going to like school. If your motor is running slow, of course, you're not going to want to do anything. And then outside mm -hmm. of that, um, it's the idea of helping them stay focused. Mm -hmm. We got so many distractions in this world. YouTube, reality TV show, <laughs> Tic Tac, yeah. Snapchat, Facebook, Tinder, Planet of Fish, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Podcast. We got so many distractions. Yeah. But what so if true. we can train our students to focus on something that's so important? Then when it comes time, it's like, all right, bro, take a break. Chill out. Mm. Go play your PlayStation. Cool. Now get back to work. And I think sometimes... We think teachers have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, listen, I'm Cantus. I'm not your teacher. I'm just that cool brother or that cool uncle. Just to show you that, listen, I'm going to help you out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my mistakes with you. I'm going to share some cool things that I've learned because I want to pull out of you and encourage you to do better. And a lot of times I'm saying the same message that their parents are saying. Or I'm saying the yeah. same message that the teachers are saying. I just say it in a different, cool way uh, yeah. to be able to deliver that. That's so good. I believe that people need multiple ways to learn things. Because I know I've heard several different things from my parents. But coming from somebody else, it, it feels a little bit different. Right, right. <laughs> just, just because you know that it's not from a place of like, oh, I love you so much. Mm -hmm. it's, it's from a place of, I know you can do this. So right. get it done. Get right. it done. So you said... Motivation goes to motive, goes to your motor. Yep. So good. Write that down, y'all. Please. 
Make sure you do that. Yeah, so like, on like, this show, think about this though, right? Yeah. Let's say if I was walking down a river. Uh-huh. Me and my mama, let's say we walking down a river, right? Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking down the river, let's say my cell phone falls in the river. Okay? Mm-hmm. My cell phone falls in the river. Now this is a, what iPhone 13. Right. I may be tempted to jump in the river to get my mm-hmm. cell phone, but it's just right. a cell phone. Right. But if I was walking down the same river and my precious mother fell in the river, now I have a bigger reason for jumping mm-hmm. in the river. So now yeah. my mama, Lily Simmons, like my mama looking good, 75. Yeah. I ain't never seen her swim. I've never seen her in a one piece, two piece, or three piece. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> let me jump in this river to save this yeah. woman. Yes. That's now my motivation. That's my motive. That's my why. That's mm-hmm. my motor for jumping in. And a lot of times we have to help our students identify, hey, what's your why? What's your why for going to school these 12 years? What's your why for getting an advanced degree? What's your why for going to science? What's your why for going into that field? If you can mm-hmm. identify that why, that's going to be your motive and your motive to keep you motivated. Wow, that's so good. So on this show, I like to talk a lot about passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. How do you feel you differentiate the two? Because you have what most people deem as success with all of your accolades. So how do you differentiate purpose and passion for yourself wow so so for me Mm -hmm. i honestly feel like we are created with multiple purposes Mm. like purpose is never fulfilled because there's more to life like come on So my purpose today is to be here with you to serve your people on this podcast. Right. In about an hour or so, I'm about to go to choir rehearsal Mm -hmm. and serve my church community because we have Easter service coming up. Then tomorrow I'm going to go do something else. And then next week I'm going to speak at Texas. And so our purpose, it, I don't say it changes, Mm-hmm. Like, when do you know you've accomplished your purpose, especially when you have more of life to live? Mm. My idea is wherever I'm planted, mm-hmm. my purpose is to make sure where I'm planted at the time that it soars. Right. Because you wow. never know when it would change. You would never know. Uh, when it would be adjusted. Like there have been so many people who have been focused on doing one thing. They had one agenda and then they look up the next day. They're not here anymore. Mm. Right. So the way I look at purpose is like, okay, my purpose, whatever that is, is it's multi-layered. Mm. It's almost like yeah. <laughs> this iPhone. Like does this iPhone have a purpose? Right. Bro, this iPhone can do so many different things. <laughs> right? For some people yeah. it could be a telephone. For some people it can be a mirror. You know how y'all been looking at when y'all taking them <laughs> right? For some people it yeah. could be a I don't know, a device to throw at your kids. I'm just playing, don't throw your device at the kids, right? <laughs> but this iPhone has multiple purposes. Right. At the same time, you 
mm. have multiple purposes. And I think the, where passion comes in, it's like, all right, what are the things that I'm passionate about? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people get the things mixed up, passion and gift, right? Mm-hmm. You can be passionate about something, but you're not gifted in that area. Right. You can be passionate about baseball like I am, or <laughs> I'm passionate about Major League Baseball. Right. But I'm not playing Major League Baseball. I'm not gifted. To, I'm not tall enough. I'm too short. I didn't. They told me I was too small. Right. Uh-huh. You may be passionate about, uh, I don't know, creating wigs and weaves and end parts and clip-ins. Right. You may be passionate <laughs> yeah. about it. But right. it's like when you do somebody's hair, it just don't come out right. Mm. So what we got to look at is that what are the things that are passionate that we're passionate about? And then what are the things that we're gifted in doing? And I believe that the things that we are gifted in doing, those are the things that God has gifted us with. So we can go fulfill the multiple purposes in life. Mm. So it's not all about passion because there can be a lot of things that you like, mm-hmm. a lot of things that sort of inspire you, but you don't have the skills or the giftedness to be able to do that. But if we right. can find our gift, if we can find the thing that moves us, the thing that we are really good at. Like when we touch that, it works. Right? When we do that, people, they get happy. People are blessed by it. If we can understand that, then that'll be awesome. Here's an even uh, cooler thing. If we can find things that we're gifted in and the things that we're passionate about and put them together, then I feel like we have an awesome, awesome life. Come on. <laughs> Gift and purpose. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. And then find what you're passionate about at the same time. Make yep. them all go together. Because like mm-hmm. you said, we're just like an iPhone, multi-layered. <laughs> multi-layered. <laughs> So you're, mm-hmm. yeah. So your online presence is truly amazing, if I say so myself. Um, and you have content that is super educational. How, how are you able to stay consistent and continue to provide valuable content? Wow. Um, you know what? I've just realized that we live in a world. Like, like think about it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in my office. Right. Enjoying this time with you. I'm not sure what city you're in. Oklahoma. We're having a conversation, you and I. Yeah. That thousands of other people are going to hear. <clears throat> because of technology, because of STEM, I'm able to share my message over with somebody else. So when I think right. about content, I think about all the different things that go on today. Boom. The iPhone. The iPhone has multiple purposes. I can now take that as something that people can use. And matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that into a video too about that little iPhone and purpose. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, right? yes. But the thing that. about it is that like I could do a whole presentation on this little drill. Uh-huh. Right? Come on, somebody. We can talk about MMs, right? <laughs> we can talk about MMs, right? Like your motive and your mo your motivation and your motor. Right? Yes. How, let's go this. Your motivation and your money. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. the reason you ain't making no money because you're doing things that you're not motivated to do. So how you create Ooh. content? You, Come on. Don't get me started now. <laughs> that could be a TikTok video. 
You're huh? You see what I'm saying? So what I do is that whatever it is that's around me is just like, all right, motivation and money. Um, try to take things that I see every single day. Like yesterday I went to the, the Atlanta Hawks basketball game. And mm-hmm. uh, there was something that I noticed. It's like, listen, I saw this. So let me turn that into a piece of content. Or maybe I hear something on the phone with my mama. My mama talking about her leg hurt. But I said, mama, keep on going. How many times in life are things hurting on us, but we got to keep going? And so the way I create content is just by taking Mm -hmm. real life situations, breaking things down. And listen, like this goes back to, excuse my, uh, my language here, but it goes back to those overly nerdy professionals that we had in our schools that did not take the time to break down things for students. Mm. Right? Yeah. And you, you've been in the field. You'll go sit in a classroom. You'll go sit in a, uh, what do you call those things? Um, research time. Mm-hmm. And a speaker would get on stage and he would talk about his research Mm-hmm. And it'll be so deep. It's like so deep. We out yes. in the audience falling asleep. Like, what in the world is he or she talking about? Yeah. When you make things so complicated, I think it's designed to keep people confused and keep people bound. Mm-hmm. But when you can make things simple, now you open up people's minds and now they can go to greater opportunities. And so with everything I do, whether I'm speaking on stage, whether I'm writing a book, whether I'm doing a video series, or whether even you know delivering content online, it's like, all right, let me make this simple. Maybe, let me make this fun. Let me capture people's attention, because if I don't capture their attention, then they're gonna be somebody on TikTok, you know, capturing <laughs> their attention. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true. Overly complicated keeps you bound, and it is up to us to make it simple for people to understand. Right. So that they can go out there and be their better selves. Because when people understand it, they start to move different. They start to have a different cadence, a different walk, a different talk. And and that's what I'm all about. Making sure people can understand so that they can go out there and be their best mm-hmm. selves. Mm-hmm. Overcomplicated, it's overrated. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. it's yep. overrated. Because like, here's the thing about it, right? When you complicate stuff and make it so deep, mm-hmm. it automatically weed some people out from ever being able to do it. And I feel like that's what's happened in our science and our science fields. Like we have complicated chemistry so much that we train kids and say, oh, this hard. Or we've complicated calculus so much. It's like, man, I can't do this. What you mean you can't do this? This the same person that's on level 25 of the video game that they play every <laughs> single day, right? No, no, that's that's real. Right, and so if you can simplify, I'm glad people can do it. People can learn it, and uh, it breaks down the boundaries that we have. Man, I need you to come talk to some of my professors in the chemistry department then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know. No. <laughs> I understand. No, no, but seriously. So what's one piece of advice you'd give someone to start out in your career? Um, one piece of advice that I give people to start out in their career, let's start with what you asked earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Let's identify the things that you like. What are the things that you're passionate about? What are the things that you get excited about? That's number one. Number two, 
you need to sit down to really analyze yourself. Like, what are you good at? Mm -hmm. What skills do you have? What skills do you not have? And then let's identify what are some ways that we can profit, we can make money. So now we take our passions, we take our gifts, we take our talents, we take our skill sets, and now we merge those together. Passion, gifts, and moolah. <laughs> What's that? Passion, gifts, PGM, right? Your passion, yeah. your gifts, and moolah, where do those things intersect? Okay. If we can identify where they intersect, then now those are the careers that we should go after, right? Like I define success this way. Find something that you absolutely love to do. Go to school, get the degrees, get the workshop, get the certificates, get everything you can to become the best at doing that thing. And then you get so good at what you do that now the world is willing to give you money for the thing that you do. And then now mm -hmm. with that money that you're receiving, you now use that money to make the world a better place. And that's how I define success. And uh, so okay. I'm always like, hey, find something you love. Really be analytical. Look at your skill set. Look at your gifting. Like, what are the things you're really, really good at? And then now merge those things to say, hey, is there some opportunity here to, to make some money? Is there some opportunity where people are now investing in this? And um, because at the end of the day, we all got to pay bills, right? So if you got to pay some bills, go find something that's going to profit. Yeah. Find a career that's going to profit you. Like, don't spend four and five years in college, and maybe some people get up, build up student loans, just to graduate in a career where you're only making fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. For what? Right? <laughs> like, like for what? Like, yeah. go find something that's going to pay the bills, but also find something that you're really, really good at, and that mm. you like it. There's so many people working jobs today. They listen, they're just there for the money. But they don't mm. like it. Yeah. And they halfway good at it. Mm. So if you find something that you're good at and you like it, and it comes with a little bit of money, come on. That's then that's the situation. career that you should go after. That's a dangerous situation. That's 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 a cause for a good celebration. Yep. <laughs> so how do you give motivation when sometimes motivation is not what you feel? You know, one of the things that I've come to understand is really hard to motivate somebody. Mm -hmm. But I can inspire them with my words. Mm. You know, uh, one of my good mentors, Brendan Burchard, he always says something like, rather than trying to uh, find energy to do things, create energy. Mm -hmm. Rather than trying to find motivation to do things, create the motivation to go do it. And so that's Got the you. mindset that I have is like, all right, cool. If I'm feeling a little slothful or whatever, okay, I can't find any energy. I'm so tired. All right, cool. Let me go create some energy. Mm hmm when I'm not motivated to go to this class or to read this book or to study a subject, I can't find any motivation. All right, cool. Let me create some motivation. Let me call some people over, cook some chicken and some collard greens, and we're about to pull this <laughs> stuff together yeah. and learn this subject. Yeah. So 
my my idea is for people that are listening, rather than looking for different people to motivate you and inspire you, go create your own motivation. Mm. Go create your own energy. Like mm. create it. Create it. When you can create it, now that's going to empower you to be able to go do what it is you want in life. Like like my song say, the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> is it to get some? Like, like we here to get crunk. Come on. Yes. Right? <laughs> I love that song so much. <laughs> yes. Create it. And mm -hmm. I ask that question because most times you'll hear later down the line, motivational speakers, they'll be like, well, you know, I... I gave, but sometimes I didn't have it. I was, you know, pouring from a half empty cup. And, and so that's so good that you said that because people need to go find and create the motivation if they don't have it. Cre create something that you can go chase after. Like you said, if your mom is falling into the water, that's, that's created motivation right, right. there. I'm going to go get my mom. She's not going to, she's not going to mm -hmm. go down the river without me at least trying. You know what I mean? So that's so good. Create it for yourself, even if you don't have it. Right. So how have you overcome obstacles to allow you to do what you are called to do? So um, I think one of the things is that, you know, we haven't talked about it in this, you know, segment or whatever, but uh, I was born with this really cool birth defect. All right. So, yes. um, my mom early on, she taught me this principle. She said, Cantus, quit looking at what you don't have and focus on what you do have. Mm. And that has been the uh, a pillar in my life and my business. It's like so many times we focus on what we don't have. I ain't got enough money to pay these bills this month. I ain't got mm. enough to do this. And I'm like, well, the bill ain't here yet. Like, it ain't time to pay the bill. Right. You're still yeah. there. Look at what you do have. You got time. You got opportunity. You got a roof over your head. Mm -hmm. and, or people say, ah, uh, you know, um, we didn't save any money for college. Okay. Go find advisors. Go find mentors. Get a course. Get a program. Go to Kansas website to get a scholarship <laughs> program to figure yeah. out how you can find the money for college. And so that has right, always right. been the thing for me is like, all right, Cantus, all right, don't look at what you don't have. What are the resources? What are the opportunities you do have? Take advantage of what you have. And then now use what you have to create something else. You know, everything, everything grows from a seed, right? You have to plant a seed. That's so good. Before you can get a harvest. And when you plant a seed and you water that seed, you now have a harvest. And so rather than saying, quit looking at what you don't have, I encourage people to, to look at the seeds that they currently have that they can sow so they can get something to grow. Yes. So it's so you can grow it. Create your motivation. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you right now, if you are not writing these points down, you're letting yourself down in this moment. And if you did, go ahead and rewind it and go ahead and get those points because it is necessary for you to have these tools, these skills, this different perspective so that you can stay on top of your game. If you could go back and give your college self a piece of advice, what would it be? Hmm. 
if I could go back to give my it's probably to enjoy the journey. Wow. Like because life is precious and the only real thing I have with college now is I just have memories. Right? It's like I've been out of college. The only thing I have with college now is just like memories. I got memories of going to the sweat box. Hey, you know, have a look. <laughs> like I got I got memories yeah. where we'll pack eight people, eight, nine people in a little Honda Civic, right? Or staying up all night having conversations, having fun. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many times students are trained to work hard, go get your studies, go get all A's, and we sitting there laboring and scared we're gonna leave our uh, lose our scholarships and working so hard that we don't enjoy the journey, right? The mm. journey of hey, you're in college. The journey of like you don't get opportunities to live in the dorm anymore. Like dorm life was yeah. like the best life ever. School food. Man, before DoorDash, before Uber Eats. Like, I love school food. Like, I love going <laughs> to the cafeteria. And I would tell right. myself, can't this, like, enjoy it? Let's say this. Like, not that I didn't enjoy the journey, but I would have enjoyed it more. Right? Because the reality is that once that journey is over, it now just becomes memories. And so to every mm -hmm. college student, it's like, hey, enjoy the journey. Have fun but also do a great job in class, right? Do a great job in class, but also be a part of the organizations. Be a part of the organizations, but also, hey, it's okay to date. It's, it's okay to communicate. It's okay to look at little shawty over there on campus, you know? Like, that's okay. And at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, it's all life, right? We get yeah. life. We get yeah. one opportunity to do life. And um, that's what I would say to my colleague self. Man, that is so good. So we're wrapping up here. So you've talked about books. You have a message um, on on your page where you were talking about, you know, um, people having a study or a library versus having a large television screen. <laughs> Whether or not that be rich or poor is relative, mm -hmm. but the emphasis on for people who are successful, they read, and mm -hmm. people who are not successful, they may not read. Mm -hmm. um, so with all of that being said, what are three books you'd recommend to my audience and why? Oh, I'm going to be a little biased. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. One, the Bible. Uh, definitely the Bible. Come on. Okay. Just with, just with creation, just with, uh, just with the wealth of information, the the cultures, just different lifestyles, different ways of thinking, the wisdom, the stories, just awesome. Uh, that'd be number one. Uh, number two uh, would be my book, uh, Play Your A-Game. <laughs> yes, yes. Play Your A-Game. Why? Because it gives my perspective on the mistakes that I made in academia, but also showing students... Um, how to move forward and stay motivated, focused, and do uh, do really good. That's and good. That's good. yep. And I think the second, the third book 
maybe um hmm Ooh. Come on, what is it? What is it? This book called Mr. Nice Guy. Okay. Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, I got. I forget who's the author of this. In my, let me see, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, dang. Oh, here it is. Yep, Mr. Nice Guy is a book. Uh, no more, Mr. Nice Guy. It's a okay. book by Robert um, Robert Glover. It's a proven plan for getting what you want in life and love, right? And no more Mr. Nice Guys that sometimes as individuals, we are being too nice and we don't yeah. step out on what we really want. It's like, oh, right. uh, you know, that's the last piece of chicken. You can have it. <laughs> right? And we have that same mindset. Oh, uh, Go ahead, you can have it. I want right, you to be happy. Right, right. Versus saying, no, I want that last piece of chicken. Let me go get it. <laughs> yeah, and in life, yeah. sometimes we are too nice because we're trying to satisfy somebody else. And in trying to satisfy somebody else, our needs go unmet. Our desires go unmet. And that's just a great, great book, especially for men, especially for men. I know some women that have read that book and it's been absolutely awesome. And it really helps you identify, like, it's okay to say you want a Whopper tonight. It's okay to say you want, you know, yeah. a whole gallon of red Kool-Aid. Like, that's what I want. I want red Kool-Aid. But sometimes we can't say that because we feel like we're going to be judged, feel like we're going to be canceled by the culture, or feel right, like we won't right, be accepted. Right. And so those are the three books, the Bible, uh, play your A game. And by the way, if people want my book for free, they can go to playyouragamebook.com. Playyouragamebook.com. Just because you guys are friends of Deshari, you can get that. Playyouragamebook.com. And uh, the last one is uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy uh, by Robert Glover. You guys go tap into that. He said, go get it. Go get it. So, what's next for you? What's next for Cantus Simmons? Um, honestly, what's next is uh, taking everything up to the next level. Like I said, milk going up, food going up, lashes going up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything that I'm doing, speaking going up for me, online courses going up for me, programs going up for me, uh, developing something that I call Cantus Academy. Uh, this is okay, basically Cantus okay. uh, Academy is designed to take everything that I know, everything that um, I understand and really be able to give it back to uh, other young men and young women, especially in the STEM field. So that's what's next for me. Just do more of what I'm doing, but take it up to another level so that I can impact more students like yourself, more students like your, 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 your listeners and just do just become a better version of myself. Because I'm still yes. living, girl. My purpose not yes. over. <laughs> right. It's, it's not. It's not. And like that right. Joe says, yesterday's price is not, it's not today's, today's price. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So how can people follow you? Yes. So uh, to follow me is everything. Cantus Simmons, K-A-N-T-I-S 
S-I-M-M-O-N-S, K-A-N-T-I-S, S-I-M-M-O-N-S. That's CantusSimmons.com. That's Cantus Simmons on Facebook. That's Cantus Simmons on Instagram. I even got a TikTok now. Cantus Simmons on, on TikTok. TikTok. When we had MySpace, or maybe you remember MySpace, they got Cantus Simmons on MySpace. Uh, I used to be on Tinder when I was back online day. It used to be Cantus Simmons <laughs> on Tinder. So listen, it's just Cantus Simmons. And um, yes. yeah, so if yes. you can't find me, that means I've, I've gone on the globe. Like a grandma used to say, I've gone on the glory, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everything is Cantus Simmons. So if you could leave my listeners with mm-hmm. one thing, what would you tell them? I would um I would reiterate what I said earlier. Quit looking at what you don't have and focus on what you do have. And the things that you do have, utilize those things. And use those things to grow whatever it is you want in life. That's what I would say to your listeners. Man, thank you so much, Mr. Cantus Simmons. You guys, you guys, you guys, this man is on the rise. Please stay connected with him. Go get his book like he said. You guys, rewatch this video if you have to because he dropped some major gems. And I am super excited to see everything that he has in store. So, Cantus Simmons everywhere go follow him stay connected and stay updated on all things Cantus Simmons because he is one to stay on the lookout for thank you so much Mr. Cantus Simmons for hey Desire I appreciate it thank you so much